Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the third day of April 2015. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, How It Works, and we will be reading on page 67 and 66 and 67, starting with We Turn Back. And today's readers are The 12 Steps, Angie, The 12 Traditions, Pat N., Text Readers, Santa H., Carol C., and Sarah W. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday, the second day of April, is 7445. 7445. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, every group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Angie to please read the 12 steps. My name is Angie. I am a compulsive overeater from Colorado. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for the knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Angie. I will now ask Pat N. to read the 12 traditions, please. 
Good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Pat N., and I'm a compulsive overeater from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. The 12 Traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Number two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Number three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Number four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Number five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Number six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Number seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Number eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Number nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Number ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Number 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Number 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to service, and I pass. Thank you, Pat Ann. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. And to share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone in order to have a quiet meeting. Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, How It Works. We are on page 67, and we will be reading, uh, reading um, one, two, three, the third paragraph on page 66. We turn back to the list. And the next paragraph that will be ending on page 67, that that will be done. And the first paragraph will just be for context, and the comments, please, will be on paragraph number two. And I will ask Santa H. if she would read for us, please. Good morning, visionaries. My name is Santa H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Recover for today. Thank you, God. We turn back to the list for hold the key to the future. We will prepare to look at it from an entirely different angle. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, 
the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had the power to actually kill. How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. This was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and, they, and the way they disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would carefully grant a sick friend. When a person offends, offended, we said to ourselves, quote, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done, unquote. Wow, what a wonderful paragraph, and thank you for this opportunity to be of service and to share on this. Um, as I reflect back on this paragraph and I identify in, and of course being a recovered compulsive overeater, I do see it differently than I did when I went through this process. But what I see in, these, in this paragraph, as I read it again with all the view, is I see the shift that's about to occur. I see that before I took this step, I wrote down everything that um, I was resentful about, the I, the selfish part of me. I knew that I was powerless. And this right here is the bridge to my higher power. This is the beginning step. This is where I began to have access to that power. Because in the, first, the paragraph before that, it says we had no power, and we knew that. So here is the course that we're going to take to get that power. But the first thing I had to realize that is so profound for me is that I see here is that people are just a reflection of who I am. And that's what this teaches me that they are just as sick as I am. And when I can see people that are sick like me, like it says here, people who wrongly were perhaps spiritually sick, yes, indeed they were. I didn't like their symptoms, don't like my own. They disturbed me, I disturbed them. But by me seeing people the way I see myself, I can begin to turn that fear into a powerful emotion called love. And as I begin to love myself, I'm asking my power, higher power to come into this process in here to help me change me and bless them by allowing me to show the same tolerance, pity, and patience that I would carefully grant a sick friend, and that sick friend is me. It's just a reflection of who I am. And then so we do that in this process by saying this beautiful prayer that they have offended us just as we just as they are sick, we are sick. So now we turn our access over to the power that is greater than myself, and I ask my higher powers to help me, to help me to be helpful to them because I'm helping myself in the process. Save me from being angry because I'm saving myself and I'm loving myself. And now turning my will over to my higher power for the very first time and say, thy will be done. And that opens the floodgate to my higher power to bring in the power for me to now see 
when we will get into the next paragraph as we go down, where I can be unblocked and tap into that power greater than myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Santa H. And who would like to comment on the second paragraph? That M. This is Bella. Can I share? Matt, Bella. Sharon H. Sharon. Kim. Larry. Whoa, I hear Janice laughing. (laughs) Okay. Amy. Amy. All right, let's go with what, what, I got quite a list here. Let's go with this. I've got Matt, Bella, Sharon H., Kim, Larry, Janice, and Amy. So, Matt, you're up, and then it'll be Bella. Hi, good morning, everyone. Can you hear me, Monica? Yes, I can. Okay. Hi, good morning, everyone. Good morning, my fellow visionaries. Thank you for being here this morning. Um, it's nice, uh, this spring day. Um, yeah, this paragraph is very important for me because it's very current for me. I'm actually doing my fourth column right now, my fourth step to my sponsor. He gave me directions, and I'm following them the way he told me to follow them. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking at some of his resentments, and I'm like, some of these I'm not really sure what to do with. Like, you know, um, what to write. Wait, where was I selfish, dishonest? And how can I look at the people on the resentment list in a different way? Um, the hardest ones I'm looking at are family. Those are the ones that re- installed some of the buttons inside of me that got pushed so they got worn down so many times, you know. Um, and I'm, I do say the resentment prayer for some of my, I actually helped my friend of mine in program yesterday. She had, all of a sudden, she had a big crisis of um, faith. And uh, I, I said, you know what, right away, I said, grab the big book and go to page 552 and read the resentment prayer. And it helped me too because every every time I, I suggest something from the, from the big book or from the program, I do it myself. I do the same suggestion myself because if I give suggestions and I'm not willing to take them myself, then I'm just being I'm just being false. I'm not being my true self. I'm not being what the program wants me to be, an authentic person of myself. And um I realize that a lot of the people who have harmed me and and the resentments that I that I have against other people, I do have a cause in it, a lot of them. And it's very easy to not want to see them because the disease is saying, Oh, you know, you're sore, leave it alone, just uh um, they they did more to you than you did to them, and uh, I'm just asking my higher power every day to help me deal with these, this as I go through this list. At the same time that I'm going through a major life upheaval, I know I want recovery more than anything because um, I'm I'm moving as well, and that may or may not go through today this week. And uh, I'm still doing the fourth step, and I'm still working the step work. Uh, this this program doesn't stop just because things happen. You know, life happens in between. You know. And um, I'm just grateful I can say, God save me for being angry that I will be done as I'm going through this list. And um, I'm just asked a lot of prayers. And uh, I hope to finish this soon so I can get this off, get, get rid of this and just, like, you know, clean up the wreckage of my past and go from there. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. And Bella, you're up. And then it'll be Sharon. Bella? Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful paragraph. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Wow. Thank you, God. Before the program, my life was a war. I was looking for a power. I wanted the power, and I didn't want to believe and to accept that other people have the power. And if I had resentments, if people made me angry, oh, you know, 
they, they want the power, they want to, to show that they are smarter, that they are better than me. Oh no, oh no, I will not let it be. I took a job that I was a judge, but I didn't have license to be a judge. Thank you, God, thank you, God, that now my life is not a war anymore. I am looking at my life from a different point of view. Now I am... I am connected to a higher power, to a loving power. I don't need the power. And it's such a freedom suddenly to change my way of thinking. Suddenly all those people that I have and I had resentment, to look at them as they are sick. Wow, they are sick and they need my help. How can I help them? Only Thy will be done. Yes, I am connected to a higher power. I am not connected to my ego power. Now I am looking at those people sick like me. And yes, if I have a sick friend, or not even a friend, if I see a sick person, yes, right away I want to help him. And suddenly this is the turnaround to look at those people they are sick and I want to help, to help them I am not in a war anymore I don't want to, to show and to prove my power, now my power is love and acceptance thank you for letting me share and I pass thank you Bella C and Sharon H you're up and then it'll be Kim Thank you, Monica. This is Sharon H. in Colorado, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, and thank you for your service. Um, I just want to share what happened to me when I started listening to OA Vision for You. Uh, it, the first um, 54 pages, which, or 58 pages, that brings us up to how it works, I had to be convinced that I truly was a compulsive overeater. And I did not believe that, so I kept trying to build this foundation on a on an untruth, a lie that somehow, some way, I'd be able to eat whatever I wanted and not have any consequences. Then the other part of this illness, because it says it's a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, when we get to this chapter, then we begin to see um, that not only do I have a broken body, because if I put any substance in my body that my body cannot tolerate, I start that cycle of addiction up again. And then the broken mind, my broken thinker, it says that the reason for that is that resentment is my number one offender. So then I've got to accept that that's the obsession of the mind. And I came into this program many, many years ago believing there was nothing wrong with me, it was everyone else, and if they would just straighten out, I would be okay. So that's how broken thinker my mind was. So today I see that uh, I must work these steps to get through this process of being able, by God shining this new light into my head, that... um, there is a different angle to view these things that always kept me stuck and blocked me off from the sunlight of the spirit and led me back to the food over and over again. And I can't master that any more than I can keep myself from taking that first bite. So I have to use these steps and then God begins 
to do his work in me. And uh, when we go across that top line and for the first time I resent why, what it affects in me, and then this beautiful four-step prayer. This is where I begin to see things from a different angle. I have to see that they're spiritually sick just like I am. And even though these symptoms disturbed me, and trust me, they did, uh, I was spiritually sick too and I just didn't see it. So I had to have God's help. I had to be able to view this from a different angle. And only he has the power to do that in my mind and in my body. And how can I be helpful to him? That wasn't what I did before. It was like, how can I make him see how, how goofed up he is? How can I make him see if he would just do such and such, I'd be okay? So that's what I had to give to God and give him permission to help me begin to see things through a different angle. And so I love this sick man's prayer, and I really didn't understand this as being part of that four-step prayer before we go down and look at ourselves because I'm finally giving God permission to help me see the truth in myself. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Monica. Thank you, Sharon H. And Kim, you're up, and then it'll be Larry Kay. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader from South Jersey. God saved me from being angry. You know, we so often... Kim, we lost you, star one. Uh, sorry, the little man started talking. Um, so we're, we're creating this spiritual toolkit, so we're getting another prayer. We're going to be learning a prayer in the resentments, we're going to be learning a prayer in the fears, and we're going to have three prayers when it comes to sex conduct or relationships. And I think so often one of the mistakes I made and I, and I see pe- other people make is we think these are fourth-step prayers. We think this is only something we do in the fourth step. But this is a prayer now that we're going to put in our spiritual toolkit. We're going to be using these prayers for the rest of our life. So God saved me from being angry. And what did we see the last couple of days? These resentments are fatal, and that covers our anger, and the anger is poison. So when it says at the top of 67, though we didn't like their symptoms, which is, which is column two, and the way they disturbed us, which is column three, the real problem is my anger. I need to be saved from my anger. It doesn't say God save me from these jerks or God save me from these outside circumstances or God save me from people hurting me. It says God save me from being angry because it is our anger that is causing our pain. It's not... Somebody could have wronged us 20 years ago, but it's our anger today that is causing us pain. My anger comes from my reaction to situations. And my, if I can change my reactions, then I can change my reality. So that's what I'm asking God into in this. And I have to say, as someone who has recovered, life still happens. And it's not that today I don't have resentment. It's not that today I don't have anger. It's not that today I don't have fear. The beauty of this program is because of these prayers and because of the actions and the skill set that I'm currently learning, I don't have to stay in resentment. I don't have to stay in anger, and I don't have to stay in fear. I have a way out today. Because what I have learned is that the only place that I can find peace, the only place that I can be connected with the power and with you people around me is in the present. And what does this inventory teach us? What is it getting us out of? Our resentments, which is our past, and our fear, which is the future. So the only way I'm going to be able to live in today is if I get rid of my resentments and get rid of my fear. And underlying that is God 
save me from being angry. It is my anger that causes my pain today, not what someone did to me 20 years ago. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And Larry K., you're up, and then it'll be Janice. Thanks, Monica. Larry K., recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. Uh, thanks for your service. Um, so, you know, what I read in this paragraph is, is my human tendency to become self-righteous. You know, it was always easy for me to, to think more highly of myself than, than perhaps I should. And, you know, we, we, we can secretly flatter ourselves that we're, we're not so bad as some, you know, proclaiming ourselves, proclaiming ourselves you know, better than others. And, you know, what I learned is as long as I continue down this path of self-righteousness, the thing was is I would remain blocked from my higher power. And this program practiced each day helps me to become right-sized. You know, I certainly needed to be right-sized physically, um, but, but just as important, I needed to be right-sized spiritually. Not less than, you know, in the eyes of my creator, but simply equal to my fellows, no better, no worse. And the people who had wronged me, well, this practical program of action has enabled me to see beyond their symptoms. In other words, I, I could begin to see the universal beauty in them that was merely masked over by the symptoms of anger and fear and resentment and dishonesty and, and self-seeking motives. And, and perhaps they were suffering from the very same spiritual malady that, that kept me blocked from the sunlight of the spirit. So in this regard, you know, I, I essentially had two choices. The first one was when a person offended me, I could, you know, be the judge and jury, judge them as guilty, no forgiveness, you know, because my pride won't allow for that, keep God completely out of it. Or the second thing was when offended, I can bring God in and I can ask God to help, you know, show the same tolerance, the same patience that we would grant the sick friend and then watch the miracle of how the people in my life began to change. You know, once we let the eyes of our understanding be opened by the sunlight of the spirit, all self-righteousness really begins to fade away. And that self-conceit and judgment of others will naturally die once we begin to embrace the goodness of our Creator. And the steps made that possible for me, you know, and it makes it possible for anyone who honestly faces their grosser handicaps. So now when someone hurts me, intentionally or unintentionally, I can acknowledge, I can forgive and let go. So in the context of any relationship that I have, my love and acceptance is, is a living field of trust, you know, that, that transcends disappointment or hurt. It's like a, like, a, like a healthy immune system in your body that can handle illness. It, it does it naturally and organically. And uh, thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Janice, you're up, and then it'll be Amy. Well, thank you, Monica. Um, I do apologize. I didn't realize I was unmuted by laughing. Uh, my name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and thank you again. Um, you know, the previous paragraph asks us a question, you know, and it says, yeah, okay, okay, but, you know, I, I just did these three three lists, the three columns. Now, how am I going to start to get rid of these resentments? So this paragraph is very specific. It gives me the direction. It gives me what they did to before I get onto my fourth step, before I get into my fourth column. 
and it's a very, very critical guideline for me, um, which I never did in the beginning, but, you know, the more we grow, and, uh, and I don't do it all the time. I have to practice, 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 because I am a quick forgetter. And the first um, part of this guideline says, treat them as they are a sick friend. Well, I think that's the best direction that we, I could have. Because if, if, if that person was sick with a bandage around their head, you know, I would think twice be, be, uh, before I would attack them, you know, with my tongue. Um, because I, I have to separate that person from their illness, like, you know, the person, you know, like me from my illness. And only God can cre- recreate me. So if I see that and I detach from that person and say, okay, God, and this is the action. See, they're going to give us three actions to do before this, uh, the fourth column. And the first one is the course is action, and that is to pray to pray for this person. When we say, um, <clears throat> pardon me, when we say, when we say, ask our higher power, that means pray, you know, in any way that you want to. And, you know, this is a spiritually sick man. Someone in this line taught me this. This is a spiritually sick man, woman, whatever it is, as I am spiritually sick. Hmm, boy. That turns my head a little bit in my mind. I start thinking a little bit different. How can I be helpful to him? Well, that's my purpose. I'm supposed to be a servant of my higher power, not not tear them down. I'm supposed to build them up. And sometimes, you know, my tongue. Save me from being angry. You know, thy will be done. Well, it's just such a beautiful prayer. And the more I practice it, the more I get in tune with it. And it becomes a habit, 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 because I am a quick forgetter. But it's a great mm. guide. It's critical. It really is critical before we get on to that uh, uh, fourth column. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And Amy, you're up. Good morning. My name is Amy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Grateful to be here. Boy, great shares. I, I mean, I don't really have anything new to say, but in my humble opinion, it bears repeating. And like Kim was saying, I mean, in the space of two or three paragraphs, they're telling us here something very serious. It says, we found that we're talking about resentments here. We found that it is fatal, that resentment leads to futility and unhappiness, and that further down, that resentments dominate us, and it had actually the power to kill. So, I mean, very clearly, they're not messing around here. These resentments and the anger underneath that that others have been talking about has the power to kill me. It has the power to bring me back to my compulsive bite, to trigger that obsession and put that allergic substance in my body. And it says here, with us to drink is to die. It's the same for me. me, To me, to act out in my compulsive overeating is to die. So this is very, very serious. And what are they saying here down at the bottom? That this has to be mastered. And like Kim was saying, it's not just in the fourth step. The fourth step is is creating a practice, in my humble opinion, of mastering what it is to keep the focus on me and take the focus off the other person and the offense. And Lord knows we're going to go through life. I'm going to get offended constantly beyond my fourth step. 
this is not something I just need to learn how to do okay. I need to learn how to master it. So then they move on and they give me instructions. Like Janice was saying, this was our course of action. This is what I need to do. I need to keep the focus on me. Realize that I am sick as well. You know, you have sinned, cast the first stone. I mean, here I am. I need to focus on me. I need to master that practice. It tells us earlier in the big book, love and tolerance of others, trust and reliance on God. I need to know that God's going to deal with them accordingly, and I need to trust and rely on him and his action and what he calls me to do, which is to be of service, and then to take care and help me change me. God saved me from being angry. Well, I used to walk around saying, bless them, change me. I still do today. I used to say, God saved me from being angry, but now I say, bless them, change me. Because I'm the only one that can work on me. God can work on me. My focus is not on the other person. And those offenses will continue to happen. But by mastering the practice of what this fourth step starts to teach us to do, I can find peace and serenity with everyone around me by focusing on what it is I can change in me and not focus on the other person. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. And would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Penny C. Monica, it's Penny. Good morning, Sue. This is Penny. Vasa. Wait a minute. This is Wait a minute. <laughs> I lost you. <laughs> All right, I've got Penny and Vasa. That's it. Who else? And you. And you. Leia. Do, Leia. All right, Penny, Vasa, do, Leia. Excuse me, who else? And Paula D. Paula, and I hear somebody else. Lisa M. Lisa, okay, all right. Okie dokie, we got Penny, Vasa, do, Leia, Paula, and Lisa. All right, Penny, you're up, and then Vasa. Thank you. Thank you very much, Monica, and good morning, everybody. This is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Boston area. I want to just talk about how um, Bill W. in his AA 12 and 12 makes the statement that humility is the foundation principle of every one of the steps and how, how important humility is to this prayer. If I'm if I'm saying this prayer with with humility, well, first I have to have humility in order to even think this way. Here's a person who's harmed us, maybe 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 greatly, and and you know when I I could be very very angry, and I might have been before I came to twelve step programs and practiced these principles in all my affairs to the best of my ability, but now. Here's somebody who who I judge as really hurting me. And I'm going to quickly say, God, this is a sick person, and I'm going to have all that empathy and, and love for this person. It requires humility. And as we go, ever since I read that statement in the 12 and 12, again, that humility is the foundation principle of every one of the steps. In studying these steps, I can I can see how we can't do we can't do any of the steps. We can't go through the steps. We can't live in these steps if we don't we don't have humility and we don't um, cherish that and 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 build it up in us. So that word that word is so important. That I and it's so important that I remember that 
especially when I say this prayer, that I'm not saying, oh, there's a sick man. I'm saying, God, there is a sick person, and I, and I want to be helpful to him, and I don't want to be angry. In, in, in that, in that um, very, very gentle way, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny. And Vasa O, you're up, and then it'll be due. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Monica, for your service. And I'm, I'm grateful, Compulsible Media calling from Florida. And wow, this is a very, very powerful paragraph for me. It was such a big awakening for me when I read this uh, paragraph for the first time. I had carried a lot of anger, a lot of resentments. My biggest resentment was growing up in an alcoholic, violent home. And, um, you know, I had carried a lot of anger, a lot of resentment that I had kept for years and years, stuffed it with the the food and just the the fear. You know, I I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want any any worse than what it was. So that was the key for me. Yes, I did have a spiritual experience when I did the first three steps. I can't, he can't, I will let him. But I've had so many, so many spiritual awakenings uh, working, going through the steps. It's, it's amazing. But this paragraph, we realize that the people who wronged us were perhaps, perhaps spiritually sick. And that was like a big realization for me. Though we did not like this symptom and the way they disturbed us, they liked, they ourselves were sick too. And I always always say, well, they were sicker than me, you know, and I don't want to pray for them. I want, to, I want them to die. I mean, my God, I, was, I had carried that anger. I wanted harm done to them. Why would I want to pray to, for people that harm me so much? And again, well, it tells us here what resentment does, you know. To drink is to die. For me to go back into the food was to die. But here we ask God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. And I started having compassion for those people that had hurt me and harmed me. And I started praying for those people, to God, for God to, re, to, to, to forgive them for all the sins that they had committed, and like for the sins that I had committed in my life. But I always looked at them sicker than I was. So, again, there were sick people like me. How can I be helpful to him? God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. And I started having a compassion. It's amazing. My father, on his dying bed, you know, he moved back with us, and I, show, I could hug him and tell him I loved him. And it was just amazing how God started changing me over the years, and he was alive 10 years while I was in my program. So, you know, it was just amazing, amazing that the, the love, my higher power, was pouring over me to have compassion for others. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. And do, you're up, and then it'll be Leah. 
Good morning. This is Stu. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I, I love this paragraph because, you know, I totally can identify with the fact that I've been angry, that I've been, um, you know, in a state of constantly reliving my trauma, reliving my experiences, and, and not being able to get over it. And, um, and, you know, and the great thing about this paragraph is going to show us the how-to. You know, um, I, 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 I always knew I had the resentment. I always knew I had the anger. I just didn't know how to get rid of it. And here, in, in this paragraph, it's going to show us three, the, for the next three paragraphs, it's going to show us how to get rid of the resentment, how to get rid of the anger. And in this first paragraph, it's going to show us the first thing we need to do. And it's already telling me I have to have compassion for people. I have to have uh, empathy and put myself in, in that person's shoes and say, you know, um, that person's sick. But that person's sick just like I have been sick. See, it's not just pointing the finger. It's translating it to, yes, you know, that person's sick just like I have been sick. That person has symptoms or flaws just like I have flaws, just like I have character defects. You know, and, and that's, that's the way we start to have compassion for people. But it doesn't stop there. It says we need to ask God. We need to pray. You know, and one of the things that I see here is that um, I don't need to uh, tell God how to do his job. He knows how to do it. All I'm going to do is humble myself before God and surrender this, this thing to him and say, you know, God, I blew it. I don't know what to do. I need help. Can you help me? Show me how you can help me and how to do your will. And, and what we're asking for is for him to show us how to have the tolerance, how to have the pity, how to have the patience, how to grant this friend, this, this, this uh, sick person, and, and, and see them as a sick friend, um, and, and how to help that person, right? And, and the first thing I'm going to ask is, God, Help me not to be angry, because when I'm angry, I'm blocked from your spirit. So show me how to do this. And, you know, when I put myself in, in, in God's um, grace and mercy, um, I know that I can't pull it off. It is God through me who's in charge of my life that can channel that energy through me. And he's going to show me step by step on how to remove the anger. And one of the first things he tells me here is, have compassion. Have compassion. If you don't have compassion, I'm going to show you how to have compassion because you're going to practice these principles. And, and that's what I, I see here is when I practice these principles, then I can, I can um, be channeling through God's power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Du. And I would like to remind, gentle reminder here, everybody, please keep your phones muted. We could hear some background conversation. Leah, you're up, and then it'll be Paula. Thanks so much, Monica. Hi, everybody. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. When a, sick, when a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. You know, very powerful paragraphs in this process. And, you know, as I was going through it and as I continue to lean into these steps, you know, throughout my life, you know, it gave me a new perspective. I honestly, you know, had not um, been introduced to, you know, looking at things through a new lens, through a new prism. And the program of recovery and these uh, 
this guidance that's given to me by the text, you know, started to give me a new vision, which is exactly what I was after at the time and continued to pursue. You know, you know, we excuse people all the time. When I'm standing in a, in a line at a store and someone in front of me is physically handicapped and, you know, m- simple movements are challenging for them, I forgive them. I know they're limited. I don't get, uh, you know, boiled up because they have limitations. You know, we instantly forgive people who are sick, who have disorders. You know, I have a wonderful, wonderful friend, family friend who happens to have a neurological disorder. You know, he has Tourette syndrome. He has uncontrollable twitches and movements and sounds. And, you know, he's just the yummiest, most delicious, you know, personality. And yet there's all these uncontrollable movements going on. But, you know, it, it doesn't phase anyone any one of us because he is sick in this way. We realize that it isn't really his fault. Things are going inside him and inside other people that makes their reactions to life beyond their control. So it it began to allow me to look at people who have wronged me um, as being in spiritual pain, some type of spiritual pain. And I take the actions as guided to me in this text that are indicated, and I let God write the story for me. And you know what this process did for me? It eliminated my buttons. You know how we always hear, you know, press my buttons? What if there's a process that allows for the elimination, the removal of those buttons, and that's exactly what happened through this process for me? And, you know, also the perspective that I'm coming from a spiritually thick uh, sick place, otherwise I wouldn't be here, right? So, you know, these difficult personalities, because of this process, I allowed them to get off the hook and allowed to uh, detach from them, you know, somewhat akin to gazing at monkeys at a zoo. You know, when I go to a zoo, I see monkeys doing all sorts of things that monkeys do. They swing from their vines, they eat, they sleep, uh, they groom one another, they attend to nature's call, all without considering any of it is having anything to do with me. That's just what monkeys do. And so with that perspective, I was able to press in and look at those resentments as those personalities were doing exactly what those personalities do. And why couldn't I understand that those people as being spiritually sick, that they are incapable of doing any better than they're doing, that they're in spiritually spiritual pain, and that acceptance doesn't necessarily mean agreement. And with that perspective, uh, it really started altering, changing, a revolutionary change started to occur in my attitudes, ideas, and emotions, a rearrangement, we call it. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. And Paula, you're up, and then it'll be Lisa. Good morning, uh, Monica, and this would be Paula, and thank you for your service today. Oh, my goodness, all oh, the beautiful shares that I have heard and had been witness to. But uh, I'll first, I'll introduce myself. Um, my name is Paula D. That would be me, and um, I am a compulsive reader recovered. You know, as we read this, I've heard so much, but I'll just add my little part. And I'm just going to back step just one minute. We turn back to the list for it held the key. There it is a key to finally open things that were always closed before. But this time with God, 
this time looking at a different way. But can we go down here? This was our course. We realized that the people who were on us were sick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were sick, all right. I got that far. That wasn't far enough because then I would stay where I was. Every time I journal, my first page is always yesterday. Why is it yesterday and not today? Because I learned from yesterday how to live today. That is why. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way they disturbed us, they like ourselves, aren't they my pride? Like me? No, no, not like me. The key. The key that opened the door. They, like ourselves, were sick too. And then, as it was said, a prayer. We ask God. So now I am with God. If I ask God, I'm with him to help us. I ain't got it. I ain't got it. I need help, and I know, to show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. Not even grant. Cheerfully? Oh, wow. This is beyond me. Good you know that, Paula. Good you know that. When a person offended me, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I be? Ooh, another big one here. Not just tolerate. Doesn't just say tolerate. How can I be helpful to him? Don't forget the love part. Love and tolerance. God saved me from being angry. Oh, boy, did I need that life preserver because that is just exactly what it did. It preserved my life till I could live it fully. Thy will be done. What an ending. And it's not up to me. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And Lisa, you're up. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, everyone. Um, my name is Lisa. I am a compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. And I've heard so many great shares. And, um, this, you know, I, when I first read this paragraph with the sponsor, it just, I couldn't believe it. It's like, wow, that's kind of simple. You know, I mean, I would have these, you know, resentments and they're in my head and I'm writing it down on paper and looking what I, you know, looking what they did to me and this, that, and the other. And it's like, you know, how's this going to work? How's this going to work? And then, you know, to hear this sick man's prayer, it's like, it's, it's brilliant. You know, it was almost like an instant relief. You know, of course, there are people in my life that I know have problems. I mean, I know that they're struggling and I know that their lives haven't been easy and you know that kind of helps for me to have empathy for them you know they have problems like I do and I don't know it was just so much easier to let it go you know when I looked at it that way you know and it was almost instantly and you know and I can use that prayer everywhere you know whenever anybody bugs me I can just you know Use the sick man's prayers. Just you know, I've just learned so much about myself and you know other people through this this process, and it really is easy. And um, so I'm really grateful for for this program and everything I've learned from it. It's, you know, really changed me. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Lisa. All right. Uh, we have time for maybe two shares. Who would like to Rachel share? Rachel Renata. Rachel. Rachel Renata. Okay. Rachel, you're up. 
Hi, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for this meeting. This has been really fantastic. This is Rachel W. calling from New York, and um, I am so glad that we read this paragraph today because it really hit home for me in so many ways. Um, and what's fascinating to me is that, you know, the problem, which is me, is also the solution, which is me. I need to change myself. So when you think about, you know, when I consider that this book was written by addicts and that, you know, we, you know, plumb the depths of despair and go into all these really dark places, and yet we emerge in such glorious ways where we get back on the, you know, broad highway and, and we're walking with the spirit of the universe and in the light of the spirit, you know, from, from one end to the other. How does that happen? You know, what an incredible shift that is to go from self, you know, self-motivating, me, 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 to, you know, um, putting the self into perspective and saying, how can I be of service? How can I change myself, go through a transformation, and then, and then become, you know, um, in the service of others and doing a God, you know, living in a God-centered self. And to me, you know, I grew up in Southern Illinois in the Midwest and um, Bible Belt, you know, so I, I, I always believe in God. And I always tell people that, you know, when they, when, when they ask, you know, how do I get my higher power? My higher power in this program is this paragraph. My higher power is that sense of self, that, that godly sense of self I think everyone has that's connected to a broader space in the universe where, you know, it's just, it just wants me to be better. It wants me to fulfill my mission in this world. And, and this, is one of, this is my higher power, my higher sense of self that's telling me, you know what, sweetheart, it's not always about you. And sure, I have plenty of reasons for my childhood to make things about me. But now I see that that doesn't serve me anymore. None of it serves me anymore. And I don't have to live there anymore because now I have a whole new way of living. And, and when I did my resentments, I will tell you the truth. There were plenty that, that were justified. And, um, but there were so many that I co-created. At the end, it was like, well, yeah, this person is selfish and they're not exactly the best. You know, they've got their character, you know, they're spiritually sick and obviously is. Well, why was I, you know, why was I working for that employer then? Or what, what, what were the choices I was making? You know, to, what did I want from them? You know, what, what was I trying to get out of this thing, this, this situation? And now I don't do that anymore. I want, I want healthy, you know, relationships and healthy, you know, th- things that, um, you know, just remain um, godly centered. And to me, this paragraph is my higher power. So I want to thank you so much for um, allowing me to share. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel W. And Renata, you're up. Hi, Monica. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Composable Reader in New York. Um, This, for me, you know, is the first action I take into relying on the power, you know, that I admitted I needed on step two. You know, here, when saying the sick man's prayer, I I need to ask for God's help because on my on my own, I can't have that kind of compassion, especially for someone who hurt me or made me angry. And you know, I know when I started my step four, and I came to that part of the process, I thought, why do I need to pray for these people? You know, they hurt me, and I thought, oh yeah, because they're they're sick. I'm not. And then, you know, but then when I, when I ask God in, when I ask God for, you know, uh, you, you know, to do for me what I can't do for myself, 
then, you know, everything shifted. Then I could see that I need to be the person God wants me to be and, you know, practice love, tolerance, patience, and kindness towards everyone, not just towards people that I love, because that's easy, you know, when people are not pushing my buttons or people are not doing anything that I disagree with. It's it's easy to love. But what about, you know, the people that hurt me? And so, you know, I think this is the first demonstration of there's certain things I cannot do uh, without this higher power's help. And this is a major one for me, you know, like, you know, putting the food down and then now starting to take a look at my side of the street and uh, have mercy for others. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you, Renata. And all I can say is, yee-haw, this is so exciting. I, I just love this. This is where I am starting to be turned. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I want peace and freedom. And the following these directions gives it to me. And um, we have come to the end of our meeting so quickly here this morning. Thank you to everyone who has shared. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Carol C., could you read for us, please, from a vision for you? Star one to unmute. Yes, this is Carol C. Monica, I don't know what text that is. I thought I was reading out of the... Uh, okay. I'm sorry. What? Where do I find a vision for you? It's on page 164. Oh, okay. Thank you, honey. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No problem. Is it the first and the second paragraph or all three? Second paragraph. Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Okay, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yes, my name is Carol C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. and very thankful for that fact and that I'm here and for all of you on the line. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 